Love it. Hello. Let's do it. Hello. Hi. 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 Uh, welcome to... I'm watching a movie. But not really, because we're not watching a movie. It's movies we have watched. It's uh, This is all a part of us trying to do shorter stuff. Yeah. <laughs> The people. <laughs> Talking about hot movies and hot takes similar to yeah. our quarantine Hamilton yes. update. Yes. And We've done this before, so chill out if you're confused as to what's happening. Yeah, chill out. Yeah, fucking calm down. Oh my god, I'll come find you. <laughs> um, so we've watched a lot of movies. I feel like the movies in general and TV shows and whatever, they all really share a DNA. And I know that that happens in the arts, but it's like... Yeah. It may, basically, everything that I'm in taking shares a real similar DNA. Like, even I got to a point where I was watching that show, Bly Manor, and I was like, this mm. also reminds me of Tenet and um, <laughs> Charlie Kaufman's movie. Because the way that they, like, play with time. And, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. Um, Anyways, but we're not I, talking about that today. I mean, we could talk about Bly Manor. <laughs> I'll talk about Bly Manor. I have thoughts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, loved, uh, kind of, kind of, I loved Haunting of Hill House. I really loved the creator-director um, who who did I think one of my favorite like indie horror movies, Oculus, uh, mm-hmm. in that it's not really a horror movie; it's just a profoundly sad drama with ghosts. Yes, is is, is like kind of his hit, and I don't know who else it's for other than me. Like I don't know who else <laughs> it's like would be interested in that, but like he has a mild following, and I think Blyhouse isn't bad. It's not like a bad it's movie. Good. It's just it's not it's not up to the standard that the other stuff is, but I do like that. He's trying something I would argue slightly different than like his past work. So what I liked about, okay. So what I didn't like about Bly house yes. was it didn't have the like thick atmosphere that Hill no. house had and yeah. Hill house. Cause we talked about this in, in per, as friends, but not mm. on the podcast is that Hill house has a real, um, cause the entire time I was watching it, I was like, Oh, I feel like this has to do with trauma. This isn't mm-hmm. about ghosts. Ghosts are like a metaphor. And then Alex was like, yeah, it's about pedophilia. And I was like, that makes so much sense. It's mm. it, because it's all these kids saying something's happening to them and their parents being yeah. so oblivious and doing everything in their physical power to not listen. Like with the black mold, the yeah. fact that he just kept trying to fix the black mold. And it's like, just level the house and sell the land, you maniac. Yeah. Bly Manor was more of a proper ghost story. Yeah. It didn't really have subtext. I guess the subtext would be like abusive relationships. Um, yeah, I, I, I think of it more as like a fear of judgment on like a queer relationship, which I don't think that really didn't come through for me. Didn't really come through. <laughs> And, and and it's and it really is I don't I don't know if I'd look as hard as I was looking if I wasn't as familiar with the creator director's work. But I think what made Hill House so good so, yeah. was even if you weren't looking for it, because I wasn't necessarily looking for it, I thought it was just scary. But yeah. then I was like, Oh, it's actually not scary at all. It wasn't scary at all. Um like there are parts that okay. There's Let's like jump lie. scares and Let's and not lie. Yeah. The the tall guy with the cane when he looked yeah, under yeah. the bed is very scary. And but, then and then knowing what you know about like now, like in hindsight of like what it's about, of like some something so bench bigger than you chasing you and you're hiding and finding you and knowing it's about pedophilia, knowing it's about like trying yes. to tell someone it's wrong. It's like it it, it all kind of works. To, like I, I really like I have a lot of reverence for um his work because it, it it all kind of adds up but it like yeah like on the surface it's really easy to be like it's a horror movie and then when you you have to look at it kind of sideways which i think like some of the really good new horror does but anyway yeah yeah and i i like the drum but but Blyhouse didn't have it had family drama it just wasn't yeah. the same now what do i like oh buddy boy i think I, we I, all know what i'm gonna talk about I, mr I, peter quint <laughs> It's I I, I thought so... they were gonna say I was gonna say you loved that the kids were swinging for the fences and their acting choices. I did like I really liked. I thought that when mm, should we say spoilers? Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. I really liked the little boy when he was possessed by Peter Quint. I thought he did yeah, a actually, yeah. really fucking good job. There's a part where he says, "Don't water down my wine." I really like that. <laughs> I thought he was so good. And the little girl is the voice of Peppa Pig in real yeah. life. She's so adorable. But the little girl in the first season yeah. was like an angel on earth. I had never seen a child that looked like that before. See, that's the problem, you know, when yeah. you're comparing. Uh, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I think like it feels like they didn't really want to make it 
is like kind of where oh. I came down to it. Watch it. Like yeah. by the time I got to the end, I'm like, I don't think they really wanted to, like, I don't think it was kind of like, we need to make this now or like they were moving to production and it's like, the script's fine. And I think like, as they're shooting, it's like, oh, you know what? I made some mistakes is like kind of what I got the feeling of. And like that happens and that's life. And that's um, honestly, it, it's a two, it's, it, it cuts two ways. Because yeah. it's like, if the first season didn't exist, I probably would have never clicked on Bly House. And the, and the only reason why Haunting of Hill House was as good as it was for me was because of that depth. And because Bly House doesn't have it. So I just wondered, like, I wonder if Bly House stood alone if I would even have watched it. And I just don't think I would have. I don't think so either. Um, yeah. But I do like that they took a wild guess at what a British accent sounds like through much okay, of the movie. so... <laughs> That's a huge problem. And listen, I understand what they're, they're they want to, they're pulling a Ryan Murphy. They're actually stealing the idea of like different seasons that have nothing to do with the other yeah. seasons except for having the same cast. And that's great. But you're going to sit there and tell me that there aren't, like get another woman who is British yeah. to narrate it. <laughs> she, she's lovely. She's a lovely actor. That woman, Carla Cugino or Cugina, yeah. I don't know how to say her name. But, um, Holy fuck. Her and the guy from E.T. who I really don't like as an actor. I'm sorry. I'm so rude. But the entire time I'm watching it, I was like, this is someone's cousin, right? Like he got into this. There's no way he auditioned. Now, he has crazy looking eyes that they utilized in the first season. Yeah. That they did not utilize in this season. And like that episode where like it's him and he's like, (laughs) it's like two of him and the maniacal ones like smiling at him. I was like, this is just embarrassing work. Yeah. But yeah. Hannah Gross. That is the best episode. She's the best actor. Yeah. yeah. I wish her, it, there was it was more about her sitch. Let, 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 let's move on because I feel like we've said what we're going to say about We've said what Black, we're going to say. Which Hannah is kind of like, we're like oh, it's, it was disappointing, but there's like yeah. interesting stuff. And if you like Peter the first Quint one, give it a Peter Quint is very hot. And I don't like when they glamorize abusive men. And I know that he had a backstory as to why he was abusive, but I also think that that is a dangerous rhetoric and. and what do you call it? Like content to put out there. Anyways. Can I, can I, can I, one, I know I said move on, but can I have one more okay. point. Of like, mm-hmm. I, I think like it seemed like they were coming in trying to be like, Oh, we're going to tell this like queer coded story. And I don't think, and, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not normally one to be like, Oh, like, uh, uh, we have to have, we have to make sure that the person from that group writes the story. And like, I think like, I think like, like you can write characters that are from groups outside of you. But I think when it came to this, the core of the story was so flimsy a little bit because it was trying to write a queer quarter story. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the writer director is, but he's certainly not a lesbian. Um, yeah, it doesn't come across. I mean, I also uh, am not a lesbian, so I don't know the nuance it, of it, it just, but I, neither, I didn't feel I. any, I didn't feel yeah. like what I feel like I should have felt, yeah. but you know what? Don't listen to me because I also was not a fan of that Black Mirror episode, San Junipero. I think they said the words we, San Junipero too many times, I, I, whereas a lot of my lesbian friends adore that episode. So I think I am not, I, I am out of turn. I know, I know, I definitely know some lesbian friends who adore it, but I also feel like those particular lesbian friends I'm thinking of um, love happy endings. And oh. I know lesbians who don't like happy endings who didn't like that. And I well, think I think it's, no, maybe less about the happy endings and more about the fact that it was just a love story, full stop. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And that's why Call Me By Your Name was so um, important because it was just a love story. Like the first time I watched Call Me By Your Name, I had this like dread in my stomach being like, they're going to get beaten up. They're going to yeah. get caught. They're going to get hurt. And then when it was just that's a fair. straight up love, yeah, love yeah. story, that's what that's what I think is being celebrated. And that's important to celebrate. That being said, why did they have to say the word San Junipero a billion times? I hate it. It's so annoying. Anyways, so that's our thoughts on Bly Manor and San yeah. Uh Let's let's talk about the movie you just watched that we we started. Yeah, uh, you can. Late. Can you tell that my eyes are puffy because I cried a lot? You cried? Okay. Uh, okay, I'll uh, tell you why I cried, but you say your thing. So it, no, I, I'm gonna go second because I got a lot to say that's going to undo all the things you say. Okay, uh, cool. So this cool, movie cool. is the I'll Trial of Chicago first. Seven. Uh, Aaron Sorkin's. Okay. I'm going to say mess, but I'll tell you going. what I what I liked about it. So based off of the last Aaron Sorkin joint that I watched that was that he wrote and directed, because I think he definitely should never direct his own stuff. Oh, God, no. Oh, um, this was way, way better constructed you're, sorry, you're than Mo- Molly's Game. Molly's Game. Yeah. Molly's Game has, but what this, what, what Molly's Game has, okay, Molly's Game has the most perfect beginning of a movie I've ever seen. 
It's very entertaining. It moves really fast and explains all the characters in like a second. And then it falls apart completely. For the next two hours. After yeah, for the next two hours. <laughs> so, but that moment, and that's what the social network has. And that's why the social network is so fun and yeah. rewatchable. Um, the trial of the Chicago 7 doesn't have that at all. It has the it has the little like we at the very beginning where you see everybody for a minute like on the way to the the uh-huh. Democratic convention. Uh huh. But it I, might I, I, don't think, I don't think it does. It doesn't. It doesn't do like what you're. It doesn't set up the characters well enough. It's not. It's if you're thinking it's gonna feel like West Wing, it doesn't. No. I yeah. I, and that's cool. I think it's good that he doesn't write everyone sounding exactly the same. It would be a disservice I mean, he, to the he, story. He he does reuse a lot of lines from West Wing in in this. Uh, <laughs> like there's like famous lines that other characters are just saying. You're like, what? Like like the the one egg is enough is is from West Wing. Um, oh, is that from the, West Wing? The whole speech of like um Anytime anyone thinks of progressive politics, they're going to think of levitating the Pentagon and putting flowers and daisies from West Wing. Yes, that um, did sound like West Wing, to be honest, actually, now and, that you said that. Uh, there's something else. <laughs> but I've else. only seen two seasons of West Wing. Um, uh, uh, my, 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 quick, my quick review is, uh, and I'll, I'll go into this much deeper, but we're setting it up. A quick review is... It is a fine, enjoyable movie that I would argue is slightly boring, but if you would know what happens during the trial, he somehow took something very interesting and very funny and very um, rebellious and with a lot of interesting questions about uh, about anti-Semitism, about left-wing politics, about um, how systems work about how people rebel against systems and took them all out and, and just, and just um, removed it entirely. But what I, okay. So what made me cry? Okay. Hmm. I just feel like I'm very, um, like all summer I cried watching the protests. And I also was very sad that I wasn't going down because I was staying with my parents. So I didn't walk in any of the Black hmm. Lives Matter protests and it hurt me to not do that. Um, so when they showed what happened when they pulled the guy down and they like smash his head in mm. like that very much upset me. So that made me cry. Every time they talked about protests, <laughs> I started to cry. Um, and then at, at the very end, a spoiler, it's not a spoiler. It happened in history. Uh, he Here's, reads the names of the Vietnam people. I cried very hard. Let me, let me, let me just <laughs> quickly debunk a little bit. Okay. So the names were read in court. They However, worked? they were. Okay. However, it was not read by that character. It was read by um, the older guy. Uh, it wasn't read by Tom Hayden? No, but it was read by the pacifist. It was read by the pacifist. And he didn't just read the Vietnam names. No, sorry, he didn't what? just read the American names. He read the Vietnamese soldiers who died as well, which is what? such a different message. to set, like. Why? He, Why would they... Okay, so no, no, let me so, tell so you my... Your shock, your shock is what I felt 90% of that movie. Okay, was like, so... why would you change this? Like, okay, you, okay, you okay, okay. I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Okay. To so read just my... the American names is, is to take away from a staunch pacifist. Which one was the pacifist? It wasn't... The, the, the older guy. Not the, who... the older guy that punched the person. Yeah, so that, uh, that yeah. also... He never punched the person. He's a staunch pacifist. He went to jail for not going to World War II, because, for not being a scripted World War II, because he doesn't believe in war in the slightest. Yeah, they the, mentioned the, that, yeah. Yeah, they mentioned that, which is like... Uh, like Which I think pretty cool i mean we, we can argue but they about make Nazis it seem like a bad thing where the yes. lawyer was like the lawyer was like we'll talk about that at a later time and he's like yeah we will yeah but, okay, but, so- but either way that's his worldview and then in he's the one who reads the names and on top of him reading the names he doesn't just read american names because he's not like we we love our troops they saved us he reads the american and Vietnamese names saying this blood is on your hands that's such yeah. a different message that's such, a, yeah. that's such an interesting different message from an interesting character and it's like why did aaron sorkin change that like like that, that okay, okay, okay i'm gonna tell idea. you why i think aaron sorkin changed it and yeah. this is my connection to the chicago seven so i used to babysit for tom hayden <laughs> So Tom Hayden married my uncle's ex-wife. And mm. We are still connected with her. We're friends. Like we're, we're like we could we could call her when we want, but mm-hmm. it's not like we we've been spoken in a couple of years. But like my sister stayed in her house when she went to LA. Stayed with Tom Hayden. Tom Hayden's son is also Jane Fonda's 
son. Oh, no, you're mm-hmm. frozen. Oh, uh, I do believe that the estate, so including my aunt, or I guess my former aunt, uh, Barbara uh, had a lot to do with giving information to this movie because she I've been looking on her Instagram and she's talking about it a lot. His name is Troy Garrity, is, is Jane Fonda's and Tom Hayden's son. I think he had a lot to do with it. I think, I think they wanted him viewed in a very specific way. Tom Hayden was also um, a senator. Mm or a congressman. I just think that, I think that Aaron Sorkin probably got to know the family and wanted to represent him in a way because if he wasn't represented nicely, um, I don't know. Sorry, Tom, which one's Tom Hayden? Tom Hayden is Eddie Redmayne's character. Oh, okay. Tom Hayden is who they had. this, This is what's also really weird is like, that, that's my another point is like to then say that the SDS are known for their civility, for their love of systems, for their for their. their well, they really the painted him. The, to paint the SDS and to paint him yeah. in that light is a white, not even a whitewashing. It's just a miscalculation. Because I agree with like I think the SDS because they go on to become the Weathermen. They go on to do a bunch of. Um, or, or a splinter group who becomes the Weatherman from the SDS, and both groups uh, do a lot of like domestic um, terrorism in in the name in, in in causes that I would support and I think you would support as well, mm-hmm. and and. And then to then paint um, him as this character, uh, uh, the thing is like, here's the other thing is like, with the exception of Abby Hoffman, um, most of these people go on to be what you would consider sellouts by these left wing politics. Like they become like hedge fund managers. They yeah, become Tom like, Hayden. I, yeah. Listen, <sighs> yeah, yeah. No disrespect. I really like. I love my family. Um, I, I do believe that he. he I also believe this in Jane Fonda. I think Jane Fonda has good opinions. I think she is a bit of a performative mm-hmm. liberal. Um, yeah. And I think Tom Hayden marrying her is a is a really big indicator of the type of person that he is. And for Jane Fonda to marry Tom Hayden and then to directly marry Ted Turner afterwards is also a bit of an indication yeah. of the type of liberals that these people are. Tom Hayden wanted to, to, to work within the system this is how the movie proposes it. Abby yeah. Hoffman wanted to break the system. Yes. And Abby Hoffman is right. That being said, Abby Hoffman, all those people, and, and they, they kind of glance at it. It's like never has there been more privileged human beings than the Chicago 7 is how this movie kind of presents a situation. Yeah, which I, I, I mean, I think, I think that's like giving a 2020 lens onto like late 60s politics of like, there's yeah, there's no way that happening. that guy. There's, there's no way. That, there's no way that that guy said to him, "You rebelling against your dad is a little different than a rope yeah. on a tree." There's no, no way that yeah. that man, because he was physically gagged in court. Uh, also, okay. The, the the other thing that I just want to jump on real fast with the physical the physical gang is like that happened. That happened worse in real life. He was gagged for three days. The judge was more of an asshole in real life. Like he like what's wild? It's it's like it's like. It, 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 Aaron Sorkin just brought everyone down to the middle. Aaron Sorkin is my my parents' um, b- politics. Yeah, they are liberal. They are left. They want to be centrists, but they understand that. But they are very socially left. This and is a- and Aaron Sorkin is doing a disservice, and he is betraying yeah. <laughs> the spirit. Of youth, which is what the yeah. Chicago Seven was all about. I, he's, he's betraying twenty twenty. Like the Chicago Seven was like the this like very performative spirit of like progressive politics in the sixties. That was very anti-war was like kind of where like what they rallied around. I think similarly today we have American politics rallying around like healthcare. Um, but like not, not as aggressively because it's less present, I think. Um, but, uh, uh, another podcast corner on podcast. Um, mm-hmm. there's a really good Chapo trap house podcast where they dissect this and they bring in the people who are like experts ish in, in this. And one of the things they say that I, been thinking about it since they said it is like Aaron Sorkin's an excellent propagandist. He's an excellent propagandist for the American Imperial state, but he doesn't know it. He doesn't understand. If he knew it, he'd be bad at it. He doesn't understand. He just like, he, he's so, uh, it's not that. Yeah. The fact that you're saying that he doesn't understand it. It's not that he doesn't understand it. It's that I think he really does. Like when like a Martin Sheen president stands up and talks about the beauty, like he does love America. He loves America. And he, he doesn't, like his version is so his version weird. Of America. He also, I'm sorry, I hate to break it to you, but to, I, I watched um, his version of To Kill a Mockingbird this summer. Yeah, yeah. Or last, wait, where are we? 
When last did I go summer. to New York? It would be last, last summer. Last summer, because there's yeah. no way that anyone was in New York this summer. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I broke COVID and I forced them to do a show for me. Um, <laughs> no. And he takes an interesting story and makes it a courtroom drama. The, yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird, both acts were the courtroom. Both acts. <laughs> well, I, because the thing is like, we were saying like, oh, he like loves like Martin Sheen with the beauty. It's like, that 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 is how he's accidentally a propagandist because he believes that like someone can give a haughty toddy enough speech that like changes the world which isn't entirely true but you well, know of course that, he thinks you know, that he's that a writer is? though yeah he yeah, thinks his he, words can change the world he's a writer he's a narcissist he's i'm gonna sound like an asshole he's an addict so but, like he, but he, I, I i know what you're getting at but i, yeah, I don't i don't okay. like the sentiment you're going after okay 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 continue continue <laughs> um but uh uh he, but like the one place that that a speech can actually change the world is a courtroom. So to ma- it makes sense that he's written like what like five courtroom dramas. <laughs> like, he loves a courtroom. Because drama. it's the one it's the one place where that makes sense. It's the one place where that he makes sense. He loves a courtroom drama. Like and 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 we also it makes sense that West Wing ran for so long with him at the helm because like our understanding, although we know like that it, it's not how it works, but our understanding is that like the president gives a good enough speech changes. That's not a hundred percent true. That's the very un- and the very untrue actually. Trump gave good enough speeches to change America. They're bad people and bad speeches, but his speeches are changing America. He's just no, saying it, lies, and it is changing America. I, but not not in the way that West Wing speeches are supposed to be changing. The, well, no, the, because the, those are people that are career politicians who understand law. Um, okay. <laughs> That's crazy to me that he would change the story to white. He's he's whitewashing white history. Well, I so that this gets into the other thing that I was I was like, oh well, the, I, like I wonder if he's gonna engage with because like, I I don't know the the trial super super intimately, but I know it like well enough and like no, there's bits and pieces that are very funny that like show up in like like Twitter threads or whatever, right? And um, uh, the one part that was like. I wonder if they're going to deal with this because you know how like the, the judge makes a deal of like I'm Hoffman and he's Hoffman, but we're different Hoffmans and not related mm-hmm. is that leads into this whole thing about because Abby Hoffman's Jewish. The judge is Jewish and that leads into a whole thing where like Abby Hoffman, I can't remember the, the Yiddish word like calls the judge this Yiddish word, which means like a Jew for the Gentiles. And it's the but, uh... but not but not like Jew for the Gentiles of being like. Like you're like a like a regular Jew of like you're you're selling out our people. You're selling out our people like the same way you sold the not like a Jew who sells yeah, out to the, the Nazis. Yeah, the the people. What are they called? Yeah, yeah I yeah. know what you're talking. And about. then like, like, and, like the that's Jews. a whole thing. And like it's held in contempt. There's like a part where he like jumps on the table and screams like "Hail Hitler!" After like he like to like make fun of oh. the judge and like all of that's removed. Um, there's a whole thing where like Abby Hoffman like hands ten dollars to the to the DA after he gets off the stand as like making a joke and like that's all removed. Like all of this is like removed. Like is Aaron Sorkin Jewish? I don't believe so. Yeah, I found it interesting. I was thinking, is he Jewish? Because this is a Jewish American story. It's an it American like, story. I, but- I I think like the seven is like a very wide coalition. I think what's very interesting is like how. Like the the Black Panther and how they tried to lump him in and like he wasn't really there and like the way the judge treated him and et cetera et cetera. It's like I think it's a very it's Abby Hoffman brought that Jewish American story to the case, um and uh, uh but I, I don't I'm pretty sure the whole panel was a a mix. He's of Jewish, yeah. He's Aaron, Jewish. Aaron Sorkin's Jewish. Aaron Sorkin. Aaron is a Jewish name, but yeah. Um, uh, there's. You know what? If this was released 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it would have been okay. In 2020, stuff like this doesn't fly. Well, it's stuff that happened. Like, no. And it- <laughs> I mean, the way that he released, the, the way that he changed oh, it. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, and here's the thing is like 10 years ago, there's a really good documentary. Or I think it's a little sooner than 10 years ago called The Chicago 10. Um, and... Uh, uh, it's a documentary about the case and it's like court transcripts dramatized over like animated segments and like interviews. And it's really good. Like it's really well made. And it, I think it gets across uh, the seriousness of it, of this case, but also like the theater of the case, because like, you know, he keeps saying like, Oh, it's a political case. He's like, part of it is like, this is theater. Like every, the, the a thing that like 
Abby Hoffman and um, Eddie Redmond's character. I'm sorry. I just, Tom I, Hayden. In my head, in my head, he's SDS. Is like I just I put that so next Tom, to his name. Tom Hayden. Yeah, Tom he's Hayden. A man. Uh, they they did some they, bad things. They've all talked about like bad things later. I think the stuff he did as a student was pretty cool. But anyway, that's all. Um, oh no, I mean even just as a husband. Anyways, oh, okay, um, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, um, but uh, so, yeah. uh, 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 he like. Um, sorry, I lost my train. I lost my train of thought. Uh, uh, oh, so they they were like, oh, this case is going to get thrown out at the next level. Like, like what? Like, like we're going to, we'll, we'll appeal, like, whatever happens, it doesn't matter. We're going to appeal, and it's going to get thrown out. So, but the thing is, we have all eyes on us, so we can like, like people are watching. Like, we can talk about these politics in a very public way, and yeah. like make theater about these politics, and make like and like make people think about them. So, like they really did treat a lot. So like, they're held in contempt. Like, there's like so many x number of accounts of contempt report, but they were doing it very publicly to know that other people were listening. Which I think like that's a far more interesting story than just the like, is this insane charge going to be leveled against these people? You know? Yeah, it actually is pretty remarkable. The story, like at the end of the movie, they go yeah. through what happened to each of them. And I was like, wow, where did all that come from? <laughs> like, it was very, uh, it just like all of a sudden the, the the world was righted and it's like, oh, you're not covering that section of it. Like that yeah. seems like a very interesting, like how did that, that man who was black, who was included, who got the mistrial, who was accused of hurting, I think a cop or something was just said, oh, it was, he was falsely accused. That doesn't happen. How did that? How did? Show well, because it's you had so much like CIA, especially like like I think that's another thing. It's like very much you know we have this like Black Lives Matter and whatnot moment. This is very much forgotten of like how the Black Panthers were a very real group, and I think did a lot, and and how they were treated publicly and by institutions. Even though like realistically, most of the Black Panthers' work was giving sandwiches to <laughs> to I people mean, and like protecting communities that were unprotected. Okay, you tell me. So my dad, yeah. according to my dad, but he also says things when he when he's hurt, and then he'll just say something yeah. inflammatory yeah, yeah. that it's the Chicago Seven's fault why Nixon got elected. Um. No, I, I think a, I think a really what's something very interesting to me is a really close analogy to the Democratic Party today with like Bernie and Biden of saying like those are like two kind of ends of the Democratic Party. A really close analogy would be this Democratic convention, uh, mm. if not this one, the the one in New York. I think four years before where there was like riots, and because there was very far left um, Democrats, because this, this is a time where um, you're seeing the beginnings of this kind of like push for privatization um and you're seeing this like war push and this like conformity push that came out of the 50s um but th th there was also a lot of like social services that were kind of getting repealed of like there was a much higher tax bracket through the 60s 50s and 60s and much higher um so uh, uh, uh much more robust social services um and and, and uh, sorry I'm, I'm very i'm very i'm i'm flexing myself because i'm very much like removing I'm simplifying it in a way that's not great. But um, so to say that the Chicago seven caused this is like, they were going there basically being like, um, fuck, what's his name? Who, who ran it? Uh, whoever the Democrat, the, the Biden Democrat, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking. I'm, I, this is the second podcast I've done today. The, the uh, podcast, uh, the podcast, the, the, the Democrat that was running against Nixon. Yeah. The Democrat that was running against Nixon was going Dale. to get, was going to get uh, uh, the nomination regardless. Yeah. And so they were kind of going to protest being like, this is an illegitimate, nomination these right these things okay. are more important and blah blah, blah. yeah, so, yeah, it, yeah. So, so to blame the chicago seven is like it's like being like no what he, his point of view is that because the riots happened nixon was very easily able to be like look at what the far left does well yeah um in some cases in i ironically I, even though it was the cops that did it motherfucking yeah. cops I, you know what we're throwing a lot of aspersions at people who don't deserve it it's the cops <laughs> i know yeah i, I yeah, yeah the, the cops i i think it's it, the cops. there was so much um uh yeah i, I it's it's it, Does it, my, my, my point is that the chicago seven the actual chicago seven trials were then kind of like i think the 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 seven or whatever um we're trying to push like ideas to be like, look, Nixon is one. This stuff has happened, blah, blah, blah. But like, think of this better world or think of like, why do you, why do you hold these social norms? And they were kind of putting on theater to, to do that. And like, yes, this is me editorializing some degree of it. Uh, it was a very long court case that was very public and had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. But, it sounded like um, a nightmare. 
Um, but like, I think it's very funny and a very interesting, that's a very funny and very interesting story that like Aaron Sorkin just couldn't understand, couldn't write. And was like, no, it needs to be serious. It needs to be about Trump kind of, I don't know. It didn't really. Okay. So from what I, from, from when I was watching it, the way that he set it up, he made it seem exactly like black lives matter. Yes. So obviously that was done in the, I am, I'm assuming in the editing room because they must've edited it in the summer. I, like there's no way that they filmed it recently, but I think they edited it recently because there was so many c- comparisons. It was so easy to compare it to Black Lives Matter. I mean, this is like the what, like the third or fourth time we've been through this news cycle of cop kills guy protesting. The no, I mean the protests. The way that the protests worked oh, this yeah, summer yeah, yeah. specifically really mirrored um, mm. what happened with the Chicago Seven. See, That's very uh, possible. I don't know. I, I I know that if you if you because you can buy the a book of the transcript, right? That's another thing. What are you writing? There's a transcript of the court case. He's Either you're adapting it or you're not adapting it. All I kept thinking about is like every time someone would talk in, in court and sound very um, Aaron Sorkinish, I would go, "But isn't there a transcript?" And yeah, wouldn't and that the be what this is basically? Much more interesting and much funnier yeah. and much better than the well, trans- yeah. Like, well, you want to hear something funny? Is that I saw Sasha Baron Cohen interviewed this morning. Yeah, and he was saying how he would do a take and then he would be like, "But wait, can I just um, improvise a little bit?" Because this guy was improvise. He was an improvisational yeah, yeah, yeah. protester. And then Aaron Sorkin be like, okay. And then they'd film and they'd be like, yeah, we're not going to use that. And, Aaron, and Sasha Baron Cohen's like, they didn't use any of my. Yeah. stuff <laughs> well i mean aaron sorkin very famously is just like do not lose one syllable one word for it's it like is losing... on the page i would yeah, die i would it's, it's like i would note. fail his, his quote is it's like losing a note in a symphony and i'm like aaron sorkin like jack oh like fuck you this, this movie that's... made me hate aaron sorkin more i don't i didn't hate him i just like wasn't a huge fan of him and this movie made me like be like oh you suck like, um, you truly suck as a person i don't See, this movie didn't do the thing that I, he usually does. I don't hate him. I, 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 he, he can infuriate me. Yeah. And I, and I like, have you, you would hate the newsroom. Have you seen the newsroom? Oh yeah. yeah. Newsroom. You would rough. hate it. Whereas I really had a great time, but I also didn't like it. Like it's this weird yeah. thing of like, I watched all of it and I really you liked all it. of it. I watched I, all of it. I watched season one and here's, here's the newsroom is like the politics of it. I was like, obviously I, think it's, a it's very, so lame it's the newsroom so lame. is the lamest show but i i think like there's stuff i liked in the newsroom like there was like enjoyable pieces i think it's because he had a room of people and would like listen to them a little bit but I like know, he wrote almost every episode he, he just takes writing credit on himself he had he had room like he had he had a room okay um but uh uh, uh i think the other end of being like a thing i really liked from aaron sarkin of being like the social network you can watch a on the dvd you can watch a like little featurette thing about like how they made it. And like Aaron Sorkin had the script, David Fincher cast his few leads and they would meet every day for a month and do a read through and then like give notes. And like, like it, part of it was like uh, David Fincher trying to get the actors like really on book and really like able to like do the, the, the Sorkinese. But then as he's doing it, you see Aaron Sorkin doing note. So you see him, um, David Fincher doing notes after with a script <laughs> and uh, he's just like crossing out full pages and Aaron Sorkin's trying to fight him on it and David Fitcher just gives him no and there just keeps going. Like Yeah, that's like, what he needs. Yeah. That's exactly what I know, that's exactly what he needs because whatever. All I know is that Aaron Sorkin and the person that created the Gilmore Girls are the same person, yet one <laughs> is considered twee and the other one gets Academy Awards. And I think yeah. that they are exactly the same and they have the exact same positives yeah. and the exact same flaws. Yes. That's a very apt... <laughs> they are the same. People say that. And I think Gilmore Girls came first. Like I think she might have come first and everybody was like, how well, dare... Because no, Aaron Sorkin had news radio before Gilmore Girls. And, and, yeah. all, and all the presidents... No, 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 not, not news radio. Sports, 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 radio. sports, something, yeah. and yeah, and then all, all the all the good men, <laughs> a few good men, a few good men, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah the American no. president would be right before. I see there's something about him that I really like that I respond to like innately because I loved an American president when I was a kid, mm. and it made me feel cozy. <laughs> well, American presidents are similar to the Social Network, where um, who was the director again? I don't know. 
uh, it's someone I've like, seen it since I was a it's child. Someone, someone I someone someone we would care about. Um, it's like Ron Howard or someone like, but it's not. All Ron I know Howard. is that for someone who doesn't understand how to write women, because he he doesn't try, um, he writes rom- romantic storylines that I feel very um, moved by. Rob like Reiner. The, Rob Reiner's. The, oh, the, Rob Reiner. Oh, I love. Rob. Yeah. That's why I liked it. No, no. So that it's similar to like, um, what do you call it? To like when social Harry network. Sally. Yeah. No, it's similar to social network because like he showed like Aaron Sorkin showed up with like so the probably the stories he brought it in like a shopping bag, the script and it was like three hundred pages and he's like I need to make some edits and like slams it on the table and Aaron, and Rob Reiner goes like, okay, um, we're gonna make it a romantic story. Uh, there's, a, there's a love story. That's all I need. And because uh, the, the the main actor is like his premise the main actor was like i want to be the president who wants to fuck uh michael douglas that was his premise yeah yeah and um uh michael i love michael douglas he's such a simple man that'd be like so lame (laughs) yeah um but uh uh like okay it's like why don't you take out all the stuff that isn't about that and turn it into a TV show one day. And that's like Rob Reiner said it. And like Aaron Sorkin tells the story as if it's like, Rob Reiner's so smart. And Rob Reiner tells the story like this fucking idiot kid shows up in my office. And like, and like then, then, then he gets like the, the shorter just love story movie. And then Rob Reiner takes it and gives it to other writers and just like, just like take it away from Sorkin. And like, that's probably why you like that movie. Oh, interesting. Now, how come Aaron Sorkin never repaid him by casting him in the West Wing? Rob Reiner would have been amazing in the West Wing. I think by, I think by the time West Wing was up, Rob Reiner had kind of stopped acting and stuff. Oh, okay. You know, I, 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 I think I think it was like the, the mid early mid nineties when he kind of like stopped. He was just directing, you know. Well, Trial of the Chicago Seven. I don't know. I say I, I don't watch like, it, but it, it would need that. That's so. Um, like weirdly dangerous because now I'll tell you what my mom believes the story and she will tell that is that it will be her understanding of history even though she existed during it (laughs) and she's an interesting person Uh, (laughs) two 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 things I want to hit before we move on about this Mm. is one is you know how um the 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 Black Panther who was not on trial gets like the one that died yeah Yeah. so that happened long after he had left the trial and and, I'm telling you Alex he wanted to make um, comparisons to Black Lives Matter because yes. you want to make this re- relevant. Yeah, and, and I, I yeah. think it's really gross to use real persons. Tragic this is movies to, to make to I I if it feels really gross to me. Um, yeah, it's, it's and, not and good. No, normally I don't mind that. Like I like remixing reality into into movies, but for something about something about it felt really gross, and I don't because I like just knowing like the rough kind of dates of it. I'm just like, oh, that's really gross to like you know move what's it gross there about it to make it so that he so to, to make it so that he now stands up and then gets ganged, knowing that knowing that he got ganged because the for three days. Which is already like one minute is too much for too a courtroom. Long. I know, it's um, because that, the, that part made the me judge cry too. Because the judge was an asshole, and so he's not. Not only is he making the judge less of an asshole, he's also using the death of someone to justify this asshole racist judge. And something about that made it really gross to me. And um, I just wanted to hit on that before I moved on. I don't have any other topic. Like, I like you're right. Like, I know why he did it. Like, I know yeah. why Aaron Sorkin rewrote it. But I think that's. Like you can think that and be like, "That's really gross," and then move on. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like that at all. I, I, see, the only movie I've ever gone into knowing this much backstory about was that movie Rocket Man, with Elton John. <laughs> yeah. And the way you're feeling about the Chicago Seven, I like literally was driving home from that movie, playing other Elton John songs, being like, "They could have used this song. They could have <laughs> used this." Song. But I think, like, I think, <laughs> I think anger. with Rocket Man. I think like if Rocket Man like I I saw with a uh, uh, Chris Cosentino who we did the Top Gun episode with, and mm-hmm. um, Chris was like, yeah, like he, he had the same exp- of being like they could use all these other songs. It kind of had some weird song selection, but he's also like it feels like Elton John. Like that. Oh, oh no no Rocket Man. Funnily enough, is is Elton John propaganda? Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> it's produced by him and his husband. No, but but he, like- he's, he's like it's produced by him and his husband, and like yeah, like there's. There's like stuff in the story that doesn't like work, but he's like, if I think about Elton John and I think about that movie, it syncs up perfectly. When I think about the, the Chicago Seven and I think about that and I watch that movie, they are hideously out of step well, by more than just know, facts, by like intention. There's something about the type of Americana belief mm. system. You know, he he simplified stuff because it's 
it's more digestible and that's wrong. But he also probably got producer notes. We don't know what it took I, for him. I, th- to I think make. it was less like he even simplified stuff and more he like purposely moved things to make a point that was so different and so out of step with the Yeah, with the and so and that, and that goes back to how you feel, which is he didn't understand the story. Well, we and so then the other famous story is like this started development in like 2006 or something, right? And um because he oh, when they with, were all alive, when they were mostly alive. Well, most, most of them are still alive. I think only a yeah. few are, are dead. Like Abby Tom Hoffman Hayden's killed dead. Abby Hoffman's dead. Uh, oh, I, think, I, think, I think Tom Hayden was still alive in 2006. Oh, yeah, yeah. He died in 2016. Yeah. Um, and um, But anyway, we met with Spielberg, and Spielberg's like, at this point, meeting with like the, the, the eminent liberal writer, um, uh, Aaron Sorkin, and it was like, oh, we need, I want to make a movie about the Chicago 7. And then Aaron Sorkin's like, of course, I would love to write that movie. Yes, yes, yes. And then goes outside and calls his dad. And it's like, ooh, the Chicago 7. Like, he just knew nothing. And, like, the, he tells that story as if it's, like, a good story to tell. If you I was saying you could buy the um, the, the oh. transcript, the court transcript, the newest version has a foreword by Aaron Sorkin. I know this from, again, corner podcast corner of the Chapo Chapas episode. Okay. And has a foreword from Aaron Sorkin. And he tells that story in the foreword. And people are like, why would you? <laughs> That's this is a story you hide. That's because... <laughs> because uh... When I hear the Chicago 7, when I see the type of people that are in that, like the the personalities, mm-hmm. like Spielberg and Sorkin make a lot of sense to a production company. I would be like, yes. yep, that's who's going to oh. write that story. No, no, yeah, but but if you, I, to a production company, but I'm like, if you look at it, I'm like, I, I don't know, like fucking, there's so many other directors, so many other writers I think would do a better job because to me, it's a very funny story. It's a very... Um, subversive story. It's a yeah, very, yeah. Like, oh yeah. This is another great sin of Aaron Sorkin. He thinks he's funny. Oh God, does he think he's funny? Yeah, and he's not. <laughs> you, like you laugh at him. You yeah. do not laugh. Like everything that was funny on the newsroom. Yeah. Was not a joke that he planned. No. It was not. A, I know. Well, same thing with Gilmore Girls. Sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, Amy Sherman Palladino thinks she's hilarious. I think she does too. I think I think the marvelous Mrs. Maisel stand up. I think oh, she God. thinks she's writing gold. <laughs> okay, know, yeah. we should move on because this is supposed to be the shorter episode. I think we've talked for almost an hour. <laughs> We're at forty. Right, We're at forty. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say though? Got- I like the casting though. I like Ali G. I d- will not call him by his name. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, we'll go from one Ali G to another Ali G. <laughs> no, no, to I like that. I want to also like the guy from Succession because he's doing a class. He was, was really good. And Eddie Raymond actually is very, very good. Fun fact about Tom Hayden when I met him, he's a curmudgeon. All right, yeah. let's move forward. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, let's move forward. Uh, so from one from Sasha Baron Cohen to another Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, yeah, he is a good guy. Sorry, my <laughs> sister's in the room and she's like, and he's a good guy. And I was like, yes, he's a good I told them like he has a good family. He's a good okay. family, and okay, his good son family, is adorable. Good. Anyways, who I babysat? Um, who's technically my cousin-in-law? <laughs> okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> not at all. Uh, okay. So from one allergy to another allergy, we also watched Borat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, how'd you feel about it? Okay. I think he forces pornography on way too many people. <laughs> And that actually, I was like upset. That's a, that's such a big first first impression <laughs> because, statement. Because that is that is like that is like his go to thing. That is his where go-to, he shows yes. he doesn't show women though. He just shows men's genitalia, and I just think that's a um, like to put that on strangers. Like, yes, I understand that the point of his comedy is to shock, yeah. and there's a lot of other stuff going on in that movie. But that's very triggering <laughs> to do to strangers. <laughs> But I do like when he goes to the store and he goes into the back and just types stuff into porn up. That yeah, is very funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Yeah, I'll never watch it again. Yep. And the girl who's his daughter is like the best actor I've ever seen. She was fun. I enjoyed her. She, <laughs> she I, I felt like she was in like a sketch movie, and we were seeing the Borat movie. And I think that's what made her really stand out because she was so much bigger. And you, yeah. you, know, you didn't really see her prank a lot of people because I don't think you could be that big and prank people the same way that, like, Borat I mean, she pranked the, the babysitter, I guess. Yeah. And she pranked that group of women where she said that. Yes, that was very funny. <laughs> her parts were my favorite parts, I think. I, I think my favorite part was when they go to CPAC 
and he comes in oh. in the KKK garb. And who's that he say was he is? actually the best. Who's he say he says like Rex Tiller or someone? Like he yeah, says he's, he's like an actual person. <laughs> there's a couple of stuff like that I really liked. Like I love when they go to that debutante ball and she oh, dances, yeah. and then her period. Like that, I really liked. I like a lot of his political. Like his protests. This is a protest yeah, yeah, movie, yeah. right? So I really like that. I loved when he went in with the KKK. I hated things like the abortion talk with yeah, the yeah. baby in the bathroom. I hate that stuff. I don't like, but I never liked that even when it was cool to like that kind of humor. Like that was the stuff that I didn't like in the first Borat movie. Either. I think, I think. Hold on. <laughs> hold on, Dad. I'm just recording something. Oh. What so do you. bag up to Okay. Um, <laughs> She's recording. I'm recording. Nothing. It's okay. I'm recording something. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Um, I think like the uh, with this movie, the the there was a lot of what I wouldn't really call lows. There's kind of like nothing. Like you watching, it's like cool. There's a lot of that in the movie, and then when it, when it works, I, I I enjoyed it. Like when like again like the CPAC stuff, the like um like, like just put it out to put it out because of the election right yeah yeah and and so that's that, why that, i guess like, the only part that was like what was like at the end where it's like go vote and i was like what <laughs> well i understand why he said that um i mean okay so like this is an unpopular opinion mm-hmm. uh that i shared with my house last night and i was exp- i think they entrapped and it's obvious that they entrapped rudy giuliani and I yeah. think that it was, like, if that happened maybe 15 years ago when, like, the original Borat came out, yeah. that would have been shocking. But it's so obvious that Rudy Giuliani was yeah. going to go in the room with her. So her hitting on him and then her saying, let's go have a drink in the hotel room isn't, like, I wasn't shocked. shocked. Yeah. I was like, he's a pervy old man who's obviously a pervy old man. And, like, it's terrible that he is the right-hand man of the president. Like, this is insane that that is not shocking. It should be shocking, but it wasn't. So it didn't hit the way that I was expecting it to hit where, like, why did it even make news? We know this. Yeah. Trump is friends with Epstein. That is also another thing I really enjoyed about the movie. Yes. How many times he talked about how Trump and Epstein are best friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I really liked. Yeah, of course. We, of course, we both were on, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, no, I, I think the Rudy Giuliani part was a real, like, low point like a real dull like again like i don't think i don't think he ever hit low low points where i was like oh this is really this is really disgusting or this is really like bad in a way that's like upsetting like not upsetting like very frustrating it was just bad in a boring way which i think was was a little bit felt like a little bit like more like borat the borat possession borat corn playing it safer but i will say which which i think he was trying to and i think he well according to this interview i saw him in this where he's on colbert yeah he showed an outtake from the, you know, the scene where he goes and he tells everyone to, to, to sing, a, like the guys that are doing yeah. Heil Hitler, blah, blah, blah. What happened was, so it was a crazy story. It's like, he's there. Hmm. And then slowly he starts realizing that because the group of people that were at that rally or whatever it is that he was at had been harassing Black Lives Matter. Hmm. So a bunch of people were undercover for Black Lives Matter. And they were infiltrating that rally as well. So those people who were Black Lives Matter were there and they are looking at the stage and they start going, that's Sasha Baron Cohen. So they, so it starts permeating through the crowds and everybody's like, that's Ali G, that's Borat, that's Borat. And because of Black Lives Matter, they blew his cover. (laughs) He then had to run. It, It got the people so angry. They stormed the stage and he filmed this and he had to run into his trailer and they had to lock it and people were banging on the door with guns yeah <laughs> like i would like to see the documentary that, about of, yeah about the making of this movie because no, i think that's more interesting than this movie that's something i kept saying as i was watching like who who doesn't have the cultural context that that is borat like who is he surprising that he's borat like i, I, don't, I don't think know. They, they, they they work they work in the whole thing where he's like in a costume and different how does like, Rudy Giuliani not yeah. know this guy? But you know what it was, though? It was less about that is that Borat, and it was more about at the end he shows all the people that weren't wearing masks and that were so okay yeah. touching him and stuff. So it's kind of proving that point, too. Yeah. yeah. But um, Rudy Giuliani, like, not knowing that this guy dressed as Borat under... Well, that's very funny, though. Like, yeah. dressed as Borat 
dressed as someone undercover yeah, yeah. and yeah. doing Borat's accent, trying to do an accent with yeah. like, well, that's pretty yeah. great. Uh, yeah. There was stuff I liked about it, but I was, it's like, there's just parts where I'm like, who doesn't have that context? Like who's like, this is news to them. And, um, I think, um, you, you telling that story is like, yeah, I think the, the background story would be very interesting. Of, do you know the story of like the old Jewish woman in the movie? In the synagogue? Yeah, the synagogue. Do you know what Because Because I'm assuming there's so many times in that movie where I watch it and I just think, obviously they know. No, no. Those Jewish so, people knew, no? So, so she's a... So the reason why I know this is that there was a lawsuit about it and that they had made oh. all this public. But let, let, me, let me explain because it's actually very nice. Um, uh, uh, past and future guest of the podcast Chris Levier told me the story because he watched the movie and was like that's the that's the new protagonist of this movie I love her she is perfect <laughs> um, she's very cute uh, so uh, he was telling me this like there's a lawsuit so what is it she's a like a holocaust survivor and a activist um, and so oh. they told her we're filming a holocaust documentary we're going to interview you in the cinema oh, okay. and so then Borat comes out like all in like the the, the very insane stuff and then she just immediately go gets it turns and just is the nicest person in the world to him oh and like, okay. like immediately gets it and then like this he says like the only time i really broke character filming was with her because she i'm like oh i can't prank you now like and he just kind of like drops and is like here's what i'm doing here's why i'm doing it here's what i need to get from this scene what do you want to do with it and that's where he gets cuts to them like eating soup together and being like the holocaust did happen and like and can and, i ask why sasha baron cohen at wants to prank a holocaust survivor though I like what like, was the original intention of that scene i'm not 100 percent sure yeah it doesn't make any <laughs> sense because because if you know that this like the the guts that it takes i don't even know what you would call it to go and dress, I mean, it was pretty funny when he had the marionette yeah, of yeah. the media. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. funny. That stuff's funny. <laughs> look, look, Ali G is very funny. But anyways, um, yeah. um, but why would you? So, anyway. What the, are you, who are you pranking at that point? There's what, There's one more step to this. So okay. Then between when they filmed it and when the movie is going to air, she dies. And oh, her, that's who's at the end. Yeah, yeah. That, they did get the movie to her. And that was oh. already going to happen. And so she, but her estate, not knowing, having not seen a cut of the movie, were like, how dare you, like, do this to our whatever. Anyway, so they go and release all this information. They release, like, other footage, they, like, uh, like cut footage of, like, Borat, like, the type of explaining it, her being on board, et cetera, et cetera, and, like, dropping the lawsuit, which I think is a very interesting, like, I mean, like, the, the story of making this movie is far more interesting than the movie itself. Yeah, he 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 should release a companion piece. Um, I also think because Stephen Colbert asked the question that like we were all asking last night, which was like, those guys that you lived with. Yeah. How, what did what? you tell them? Yeah. What did you say to them? And he's like, oh, they thought that I was just a foreigner who didn't understand COVID. And I'm like, bull fucking shit. Yeah. They they were spouting QAnon rhetoric, which means that they have the internet, which means that they could just Google yeah. who's this guy in my house. Yeah. <laughs> and then they no would see... No typing in who's this guy in my house. <laughs> yeah. Like you would type in Borat and you yeah. would see him winning, nominated for an Academy Award, winning a Golden Globe. Like yeah. he, he made mainstream... Yeah. <laughs> like. This was not some niche film. Yeah. It changed the course of comedy. Uh, yeah. You're going to tell me that those men in those fucking rallies don't say wah-wah wee-wah and my wife? Yeah. <laughs> like, anyway. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hate it, though. I didn't hate it either. I think I that, kinda like the ending. The, I like, the, the, I the like, end reveal was kind of, I, I, I didn't hate it, but I was like, oh, okay. Like, I was like, that was fun, you know? Yeah, I like I like that Kazakhstan is is pro-women. <laughs> I yeah. like it. Oh, no, I, 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 I meant the, like, he was patient zero for corona oh yeah that's hilarious yeah that's actually very funny yeah, yeah. you know what but it's one of those things that's funnier when i say it yes. versus when watching it that's actually true of most of this movie and i think yeah. there's, like a, there's kind of a style of comedy that's like a little more popular now where it's like doesn't play live it doesn't even play like in your apartment it plays kind of in your head and in your memory of like i think like tim and eric would be like a pretty close thing where a lot of Tim and Eric bits where like I watch it and like I don't laugh but I explain it to someone I'm laughing already yeah you know who's like that too is Monty Python uh some of their bits I would say I say I'd say a lot of their like most famous ones are very visceral like like the like the like the Black Knight's a very visceral bit the like parrot sketch very visceral 
Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> um, what was I going to say though? I was say, but that? There's, a, there's a Monty Python sketch I talk about a lot that is uh, 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 the BBC, there's not BBC, the like, British government is like, gives everyone a, because poets are all out of work and as a make work project puts poets under everyone's stairs and then it's like, like a repairman comes like my poet's broken and it's like he's doing short stories just a guy reading a book under the stairs oh, that's funny. <laughs> and like the, okay so actually yeah. this is a good example of an aaron sorkin joke yes in the in the chicago seven yeah. when alan ginsburg is still talking and then and then that guy from succession goes you're killing me alan yeah i know that that didn't happen i well, know that alan that ginsburg happened. reads poetry in the trial like he reads poetry into the that's great. i love uh, alan ginsburg i love is, that he was there yeah and, i and love the, that he was going um into the i yeah, fucking yeah. love it and then like uh is there one more one more bit of like thing that made me laugh about the like the real Chicago seven trial is uh they tried to get um one of the marx brothers to come to the stand because he was at the protest and he goes i'm he goes i don't think my last name would be helpful to the cause was his response oh, that's wonderful <laughs> That's true. Um, well, what was I going to say about Borat? Borat, I don't know. I have a lot of, I like that. I, I should call by his name. Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah. I like I, him. I find it I feel weird connected people... to him because my, the person who taught me clown <laughs> was taught by the same person who taught Ali G clown. Oh. <laughs> At L'Ecole Jacques Lecoq. Oh. So... We're pretty connected. But then my friend actually went to that school, and so she's more connected, I guess. Anyways, um, Uh, he's the ultimate clown. I find it weird. I find it transparent of people getting mad about that movie, about Borat 2, of like online being like, it's offensive, it's this, it's that. I'm like, it feels very transparent to be like, do we all watch the same movie? Because it's not like, yes, it is, but it's like, we all know. It's toothless for being offensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know what Borat is in 2020. So like, it's weird to get mad about it. It also is that he's, he's being like Buffon. Like he's saying the thing. He's not, whatever. The only people who should be truly offended are the people of Kazakhstan because that is a real place. (laughs) Yes. That was halfway through the very beginning of the movie. It's a real place. Halfway through the very beginning of the movie, my girlfriend turns to me and she's like, is Kazakhstan real? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, they just let them do that? Like, they really, sh- I, I don't think they were happy when the first movie came out. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, I, I, I don't know enough about global pol- about the Kazakhstan and global politics. It's because I once met a person who was Kazakhstan, like, before Borat the movie came out, but still when the Ali G show was pretty yeah. successful. And it was very, like... And she looked um she looked like Chinese, but with like more I mean she looked Kazakh, I guess would be the Yeah, she looked with more white features. Like she looked like the two types of Asian, Russian and like like uh, that like it's, my understanding it's is like, like Kazakhstan's like off the Russian step. So it's yeah, very so it makes close sense to Russia. Yeah. Anyway. I thought um, it was interesting. I thought it was an interesting look of a person and that What do you mean interesting? It's a, just what she <laughs> looks like. Don't get into a weird phrenology. It's too late. It's too late. I thought she looked cool. <laughs> I just think that she didn't look like Sasha Baron Cohen. No, uh, but I don't know. This is, it, he comes from an era. He comes from like family guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's that it's the same it's the same era. I don't condone it, but I also think like he's using it for good, so whatever. Go. Yeah. Bunch of people have fucking Trump rallies hiling Hitler. These people are psychotic. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, um, what do we, like, what yeah. the fuck are they hiling? Who are they saluting? They, they, I think, I think it's a similar thing of like downstream of like the family guy Borat era of comedy where they think by doing this, because they're pushing the other side to put that in large quotes, mm-hmm. buttons that they are doing some sort of positive action to their cause. Yeah, I think I think so too. I also think like, sorry, just to go back to like, who was that guy saluting? It's like when I went to Red Deer, Alberta, there was a bunch of Confederate flags yeah. in people's windows, and I was like, "You're north, yeah. <laughs> like the South will rise." What are you talking about? Uh, 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 those are the movies that we watch. Yeah, do you want do you want do you want to do a quick hit on on your favorite new show? Oh, Emily or? in Paris. Okay. Yeah. Did you watch it? I've watched an episode and a half and I will not continue. Okay. Here's the deal about Emily in Paris. It's not at all like Sex and the City. It's exactly like his other show, Younger. So people who are comparing it to Sex and the City, you're wrong. <laughs> um, 
It has it, sh- it shares no DNA other than the fact that it's Darren Star and Patricia Field does the clothing. Um, I enjoy its positivity. Lily Collins might be one of the worst actresses. Yeah. And um, uh, it's interesting because... And I, I read this that comic that I sent you where this guy yes. wrote a whole thing about Sex and the City was the last TV show that enjoyed capitalism and had absolutely no like downside of capitalism. Everything was great. Buy shoes, be skinny, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and Emily in Paris is trying to carry that torch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that was a very accurate summation. I mean, I like... I can't remember if you had the bit or I mean, we're talking about it. We, we definitely talked about this bit of that Emily in Paris takes place in the parasite universe, but it's just from the other, from the <laughs> no, of the other I'm side. I'm very jealous that I did not create that Instagram account called oh, yeah. Emily in parasite. Yeah. And I will post it because it doesn't have that many followers. And I think it's an important work it's that, that Instagram is doing because it just shows, I think it's a perfect example of like, yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it's just escapist TV. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just kind of sucks that we live in a world where escapist TV, you can't even escape to it without feeling shitty. I because think there's no such thing as the, escapism The, the escapist anymore. TV feels so, or the, this particular version of escapist TV feels so unreal that I don't even feel like it's escapist. It feels like almost like distorted reality like but it's that's what, to like, okay i'm sorry like this is what mindy kaling said this is what a lot of people say and this is why romantic comedies get destroyed when they have no right to be like if emily in paris was a superhero show you wouldn't hear a fucking word about it but or if it was fantasy and it is fantasy it no, is no, yeah, yeah no no i i i agree with you i love fantasy shit <laughs> yeah. I, but i i mean like at the core of like of like what I consider like good fantasy, good sci-fi, good superhero, even good romantic comedies at the core of it is like an emotional core or a, like a, a, a story core that you can hang it off of where I think like with Emily in Paris, the core trying to hang it off is so divorced from my reality. So divorced from the reality. I understand that I can't even hang with it, that it feels like almost like I'm like, like watching it. I feel so divorced from that reality and it feels so alienating that it's like closer yeah. to like, like an alienating, like art house horror movie than it is to like, like a romantic comedy, like like a romantic, like okay, like a romantic comedy, like um, like like when Harry met Sally, it's like I understand that emotional core. Yes, it's a little unrealistic that we, they would keep hanging out like that, and a little unrealistic in, in other little details. But I understand that emotional core, and I give it all a buy. Same with like a superhero thing, like like Spider Man. Like I understand Peter Parker's emotional core, and he reacts realistically to certain things and certain stimuli. But like, yeah, no one's a spider and you get radioactive blood, you die of leukemia. Like you don't. Like... But no one. You know what? I said it during Sex and the City. Yeah. I'll say it again. You're right. No one gives that stuff shit. And this and it gets it gets really like just butchered. And I think it's because it is it's for women. Now, Emily in Paris, I don't stand so strongly behind that belief. <laughs> I, I stood stronger behind it with Sex and the City because Sex and the City I said this in the Sex and the City one. It opened the same day as Iron Man. Iron Man got amazing reviews. Sex and the City got panned. And it's this thing of, I don't know, I watch both movies. They seem equally good to me. Sorry. Yeah. I don't think Iron Man's that good. So, um, and I just think that, and one was called um, Frivolous and Capitalist and, and, and Consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> and Iron Man wasn't, even though he's driving <laughs> a fucking whatever car and using this computer. He's an arms manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't even. So... I, I don't, this is not the hill I want to die on for Emily in Paris. I also don't think, I just think that, like, it's fun. I say, go try it. Am I, did I buy her phone case? <laughs> you were, oh my God. <laughs> That's all uh, I have to say about that. Yeah. We learned a lot today about politics and it made me upset. <laughs> yeah, that was a really, I didn't think it was, our hot take episodes just become political screeds about movies. Well, the trial of the Chicago Seven and Borat is very, very political. Yeah, like it's political. And I then mean, we, Bly we Manor was fun. Bly Manor was fun. I, yeah, I, I, I don't really have a political bent on Bly Manor. It's a little. I mean, even oh, even, even for so much like class stuff in Bly, we like, didn't go deep enough well, into I, I, how I mean, um, hot Peter Quint is. <laughs> And, you and there's a me on point. Yeah, I tricked you. Huh? You know, there's a point where he goes into the boy. That sounds gross. He possesses the boy. Yeah. And I turned to my sister and I said, I said, does this mean that Peter Quinn's not going to come back? And he <laughs> didn't. And I was very upset. <laughs> 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 uh, 
And honestly, uh, honestly, you're saying that aloud. After that point, I think the show kind of goes a little downhill. Look, I have a lot of mixed feelings because he's very abusive and they tried to get us on his side. Yeah, which I think was interesting, but then it, I can tell. It would be interesting if we were post patriarchy. (laughs) It's not interesting right now. No, but I I think how it was, I think it was messy. It was messy in the final No, no, and he also got his. He literally says, I am in hell at one point. This is my hell. I am in hell. Yeah. I think, um, um, um. You can tell what themes they were more interested in and what themes the show were about, and they were not the same themes. And I think oh, that's kind of, kind of le- I'm, I'm saying it, this is me thinking off the top of my head. I might be wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of show to kind of remember. Um, Look, here's the deal. There's the best episode, which is Hannah Gross's episode, and then there's the worst episode, which is the Lady in the Lake episode. Oh, God, yeah. it's like, oh, my God. I fell asleep. Um, so maybe slow. like two thirds. And then my sister's like, they just repeated that she walked. That was the episode. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that. Oh, man. I was on my that phone for really most of that bad. episode and really and like. And when she kept slapping her sister, I was like, what is she slapping? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Someone has to have done a loop thing of just like, just continually looping the same slaps. So it's like 10 minutes of slaps. It was pretty good. Any hoodle. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I love you. <laughs> um, I guess uh, we'll do another one of these. Yeah. Soon. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. What happened? Oh, there we go. Hold on a second. And I 